0: Welcome back to another episode of Write With Influence, the shortish podcast about writing better copy and creating better sales messages so that you can make more sales in your business. In this episode, I'm gonna explain to you why you should never show clients a first draft of your copy. So this episode is probably going to be more relevant to copywriters or marketing agencies that are working with clients and writing copy for clients. When I first started out, as a copywriter and I had a blog and I was doing content marketing to promote what I did, one thing I never understood was why I would see other copywriters quite often bashing clients. So you would see blog posts with criticism of, you know, nightmare clients and blog posts about, you know, just terrible client experiences. And this never made any sense to me because the content marketing, the blog that you're putting out for your business is supposed to be for the people that you serve. Now I can understand the desire to to want to write an article like that, to rant about a frustrating client or a bad experience. But if you do that as part of promotion for your business or the service that you offer, you're going to attract people that like to rant about their clients. And it's very unlikely that these are actually your customers. Unless of course, you are a copywriter who is training other copywriters in handling clients, etc. But there was another reason why I didn't really understand these types of posts because they seem to put all the blame onto the client. And, you know, at some point we choose which clients we want to work with. Now, sometimes you do get bad clients and if you're starting out, you may feel like you have to take on just any work and you can't be very picky or choosy. And bad clients happen. Um, in whatever industry that you work in, you can get terrible customers that you wish you didn't have. But I particularly think that in a service industry, if you are a copywriter, you've got a responsibility. One, to minimize it happening again, and also a responsibility to look at that experience with that client and ask yourself, is there something that I did to con- to contribute to this situation? And what I've found in my own personal experience is that sometimes what could be perceived as a bad client are often just badly managed expectations. You know, it's not enough to be an expert in copywriting. You can be a great copywriter, but you also need to be an expert in guiding a client through the process. And when you take more control, and I think when you're more conscious about what that process should look like, you start to manage expectations better, you set boundaries better, and what could have been a potentially terrible client is actually an okay client, but also you're more likely to attract better clients because you'll attract people that respect those rules. And there's a couple of valuable things that I've learned which do make for great clients, and I wanted to talk about that today. And one is to never show clients a first draft of your copy, and two, allow one set of revisions only and make that very clear. So let's look at the first part, never show a first draft to a client. Why? Well, no matter how many times you say to a client, look, this is just draft copy, we can change things, they will read it as though it's final copy. They absolutely will, even if they say, "Yep, that's okay. So even if you give them the guidance, like, look, this is just draft copy. So just, you know, let me know, is it accurate? Are there things that we've missed in it? They will read it as though you have submitted your final copy. And they won't judge it as a draft copy to be improved. They'll judge it as final copy that is lacking. It's a little bit like house hunting. So, or, or putting your house on the market, you know, when you see if you've been house hunting and you see houses that just hang around forever and they don't shift and it's usually the ones that have a really specific style or design or they're they're just filled with clutter and you know the advice is always you want to make your house look as neutral as possible because people can't imagine that stuff not in it. They look at it and even though logically they know that it's not going to come with the the doilies on the back of the sofa or the chintzy furniture, they can't get past it. They can't see it as their home. And it's a little bit similar for your client in that when they receive copy, they expect it to be final. And if it's not, if it doesn't look like how they feel it should, the final copy should be, they're going to get a bit antsy. And this is when they're going to start getting out their well, if it was old school, they'd get out the red pen, but they're going to just start adding tons and tons of comments to the page. And before you know it, you are drowning in kind of feedback that just this this explosion, like a kick in a wasp's nest of feedback, of stuff that you just then don't know how to take forward. And this is usually a situation where there's a little bit of tension, because you're feeling frustrated as a writer because they didn't listen to your instructions and they started picking on specific words when you said, look, this is just a draft. They're getting frustrated because they feel like maybe you didn't listen or now they're a little bit worried about whether you're the right copywriter for them. And it's just not a very nice place to be. And after, you know, I've I've learned this over many, many years, the realisation that I came to is that... There's no real benefit in showing draft copy. You know, why would you hand in anything other than something that is as close to final as you can get it? If we hand a draft in and ask clients what do they think, it looks like we're asking them to help us finish the job. And it's a, it's kind of a common assumption as well that people think that because they, because they can write, you know, most of us can write, um, that they feel that they can also judge copy. But it, it's really not that simple. You know, you are trained in copywriting, you've studied copywriting. It is a very specific style of writing. Just because you can write doesn't mean that you can judge copy. And if you've got something half finished and then you say to your customer, what do you think? They kind of feel like... You're asking them to help finish the job. And if you think about it, we wouldn't expect this in any other industry. Hi. Oh, great. Come in. I'm glad you're here. Is it ready? Well, see see what you think. How, how does this sound to you? Bad? Yeah, that's what I thought. Have a look at this. I was thinking of unscrewing that and then tightening that up. What what do you think? I've got no idea. Why why isn't it ready? I came in to pick it up. I don't know. I'm not a mechanic. No, but you drive cars. You have a car. You you know what a car looks like. I just thought you'd like to see the progress, that's all. (laughs) Crap. Do you think that bit was important? Obviously, I'm joking, but you know, you have spent time studying copywriting. You... Do know more about the process of it than your client, hopefully, and that does count for something. And this, by not handing over a first draft and asking people what they think, you establish credibility and you establish yourself as someone that knows what they're doing and is in, and is confident in the process. So, what's the alternative? Because you may think, well, Amy, that's a little bit risky, you know, for me to just hand in copy and for them to expect that it's ninety-five percent done. Well, just because you don't let them see your first draft doesn't mean you don't get feedback during the writing process. What I recommend doing or trying is instead of presenting a draft, present an outline. So this outline would sort of block out the different areas of whatever it is that you're writing, whether it's an email or a sales page or a piece of web copy, and then you feed back to the customer like, look, based on our discussions, based on our research, here's what I here are the elements that I'm looking to include in each of these sections. So instead of writing a specific headline, say, I think I'm gonna, you know, I think what we should do is start off with a headline that is risk based, because we know that customers are motivated by risk, and what came up in research is that the people that buy. Um, explained that you know it was a concern or it was a worry around something getting worse that caused them to make the purchase. Um, And then you might say, then I want to move into you know the key benefits of the product which you outlined to me were these, you know, these three, five things you said are most important, the, the 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 most important features of the product that people love and we'll talk about the benefits of those. And build it as you would build it, but keep it to an outline in terms of these are the elements I want to include and this is the order that I'm thinking of putting it to together. Don't use specific wording, just outline the sections and what you want to put in in each one because this is the big picture stuff and this is what's really important, what really helps in this client relationship is that you, it's easier to discuss this stuff and it's easier for things that um, might crop up to solve them before you then spend a ton of time writing copy. So your customer might come back to you and say, "Well, actually, we've got this new research in, and we really want a positive headline. You know, we want a benefit-based headline." Or they might say to you, "Yeah, those those features are good, and I think that we should make this particular one more prominent. You know, give it more space, give it more attention." It makes the relationship more collaborative. You know, um, the, the customer feels guided, but they're not getting bogged down into picking at minutia or specific wording. The other benefit of providing an outline first is it gives you a key checkpoint to refer to. The problem of handing in draft copy where you've written it from start to finish is that if you get so far down the road and they don't like it, it's just horrible. The outline is like your safety net it lets you catch problems, and it lets you refer to something if later on in a draft a a client decides to pick up on something. So if they suddenly decide that a bunch of new features need to be mentioned, you can go back to the outline and say, okay, well you mentioned that these four features or these three to five features were really important, are you telling me that they're still important and we need to add another to another bunch to this list or are you saying that some need to be swapped out and some are not as important quite often just having that conversation makes clients stop and think about what they're actually asking and the beauty there is that it stops people judging your copy on just a subjective whim or saying things like i don't like it or can it be more compelling Having an outline to refer to lets you guide the feedback process, narrow down where changes need to be made. And it also makes you look more credible because you look in control, you look confident, and you're able to guide the feedback process better than simply handing over draft copy and crossing your fingers. Now, that being said, once you have an outline, it's signed off, you go away and you write your copy and you present your first round of copy. You do have to be prepared to fight. On guard! I think it should say accelerate. It suggests speed. <laughs> no, I think it should say improve or increase. No one will believe accelerate. Do you want to kill our sales? Well, I don't like the word data or analysis. I think it should be insights. Insight, ha, everyone is talking about insight. We need to say something else like, like intelligence. Intelligence is cliched. I'm prepared to fight you on this. I know. <clears throat> yes, what? When you finished fighting over the perfect word, just thought you should know that the competition actually published their sales page and we've already lost clients who said that they couldn't wait for us. <gasps> And they use the words data, insights, accelerate, analysis, and improve. (gasps) Okay, you don't actually have to do battle with a client, but you do need to know why and where to push back. One of the other things that can really help manage client expectations is to give them a guideline for providing feedback. When you give over your first round of copy, you're not simply saying, what do you think? So, for example, I will often ask people to focus on, you know, industry terminology because sometimes sometimes they use internal terms when they're discussing things with you that they wouldn't necessarily use to clients. I also ask them to focus on, you know, have we picked out, say, the right benefits and the right pain points? Should there be any that are more prominent? Are there any that we have missed that you would like included? Now hopefully not, because hopefully you've caught this when you've put together the outline. But again, this is giving your customer a focus for providing feedback. They're not just reading through it and seeing what they think. They're actually doing what what you did to build the copy, which is to look at specific benefits, to look at specific pain points, and to see is everything there that should be. You know, it may be that they come back and say, actually, do you know what? we forgot to mention we also provide 12 months online support 24/7 can you include that in the copy great that's something that should actually absolutely be included in the revisions what shouldn't change are the building blocks of the message and any sort of overarching themes or narrative that you've picked because that should be well established when you present your outline you know you you don't want to have your customers say well, actually, I think that instead of leading with a risk message, we should be selling the benefits first of all. That, you don't want that coming up after you've written, written the copy. You want that coming up at the outline stage. Another reason why your outline is so important is because sometimes clients forget things. I have had someone highlight copy, absolutely trash it, And then I've had to point out diplomatically, well, that was something that he wrote in a round of revisions. This was before I only offered one. And what this does, having this resource is, it gives you you more confidence to guide the conversation so that it's more productive, it's less personal. Uh, You can actually, you know, you can push back respectfully if they're asking you to add something in that they missed out, or they're asking you to change something that you hadn't agreed to. And I would say more often than not, clients, once you can prove that there is a reason why the copy includes certain points, certain benefits, certain features, quite often the clients, I don't want to say back down because it sounds combative, but they, I found in my experience that they they respect that pushback because you're not just changing everything on their whim, you are actually showing your expertise and you're explaining, well, this is the process that we have for writing copy. Um, This is why it's included. This is why I've written it this particular way. You know, these are the psychological principles and the persuasive principles I've included. That provides, that, that really does give confidence to a client that you know what you're talking about. And it makes it more objective. You're working more collaboratively And the client is taking responsibility as well for having to remember which changes to make. You know, they're not just putting it all on you as the copywriter and saying, hey, I don't like it, fix it, you know, which isn't helpful. So this brings me to revisions. Now, as I mentioned, I generally offer one round of revisions and that isn't to be mean. In my experience, if you offer more than that, clients will use them, but not because they need to. They'll use those multiple revisions because they will concentrate less first time round. They will think well I'll catch that in the next bit I'll have a brief skim over and I'll get it back to them and then in the second round of revisions they you find out they're they're bringing in completely new ideas that of things that they want to change if you tell them that there is one set of revisions included in the price and that any changes after that are charged, suddenly they start to focus and, because you've already got this outline that you've showed them, you can get them to focus even more on how to provide feedback. I will often reiterate, you know, hey, we work together on this outline, Um, that's great. Um, I'm not expecting during the revision process, I'm not expecting any of the key themes to change. This is mostly a process of tweaking any language for accuracy. And that tends to set the stage pretty well as to what is expected of them when they are providing feedback. It's all about guiding your client to make it easy for them to provide focused feedback. And when you do this, you get much better quality of revision requests. It's a lot less overwhelming um, to, to them than if you hand over a draft and say, what do you think? And more importantly, when you show them that you have a specific system for building a message, guiding them through the revision process, you look like an expert who can be trusted. And that's why I recommend not sharing your draft copy with a customer. That's all for today. If you've got questions you want me to answer, you can pop them in the comments on the show page. At the moment, I'm also hosting a free weekly Q&A session for 30 minutes every Thursday at 4pm UK time. I'll link to the registration, but feel free to come along and say hi. It's very laid back and welcoming. Stay safe, keep believing, and remember, some things just shouldn't be shared until they're absolutely ready. Welcome to my world famous zoo. Come in, come in, see the animals, get up close. That was a quick opening, Amy. Oh, I just I couldn't wait any longer to share it with people. Those lions seem close. Have you got some sort of an invisible netting or something? Oh, that looks amazing. Yeah, we're we're still working on the cages. What? They're probably the next things we'll get finished, I reckon. I mean, most of the animals have got cages. Which animals don't have cages? Uh, all the water animals are pretty secure. Uh, except for the piranhas, which we had to keep in buckets. That kid's just knocked it over. Most of the snakes are accounted for. There's one wrapped around that woman's arm. That's going to make a great profile picture. Ooh, I think it's just bitten her. I hope she got a picture before her face started swelling up. What about the lions? I think if people just calm down, everyone's whipping the animals up. (sighs) Maybe we should have waited to finish the cages. I could see now why the insurance company advised that. I thought they just lacked vision. Where'd you go?